Welcome back to And the Beat Goes On, Dating After Divorce. You are here with me, Jackie Trammell, and my co-host, Dion McDonald. Cheers. Hello, cheers. It's good to see you. I know. I, this is so funny doing this remotely now. I, it's <laughs> funny because the mask mandate ended and we're now doing yeah. remote broadcasting. <laughs> That's like, so funny. Just, and so I'm like trying to clink your glass and it's just I not know. working. But I will we'll do one in person again soon when it makes sense. But it is nice to be oh, able I to miss you. I know. I miss your face. I mean, I can see your I face, your, but I can't like. No, it's not the same. You, know. you can't touch my face and squeeze I can't, well, it. But I no, don't it's normally touch your face. <laughs> just to be clear, we're not. It's awkward. fine if you do. It's fine. Okay, if you I'm do. totally anyway, touching your face next time. <laughs> it's so fun though to have this capability of having guests that don't have to be physically in our space. So I love it. So thank you again. Right. I've told you before. I really appreciate your techie guru self. <laughs> Oh my God. Thank you. I know. Guru is such such a stretch, but I'm getting better and we're getting better Mm -hmm. at this whole tech Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was nice. We've had a couple, our last two guests lived in completely different parts of the country from us. So that to me was really, really exciting to be able to welcome in guests from all around the country and and it opens up the door to lots of of potential guests for us so fingers crossed that you know brad pitt wants to join us soon (laughs) right he's in our demographic he's our age divorced he's been divorced a few times i think dated after (laughs) divorce i feel like for sure (laughs) brad pitt you're next Mm -hmm. um coming after you so yeah, so what do you got? Things I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. First of all, we recorded the last two episodes so long ago that I know that so much has happened. And I really wanted <sighs> to acknowledge that we have now been downloaded in 66 countries. Yes. So I just Ooh, want to say a quick welcome to the countries of Honduras. Honduras. And Ghana, which I learned is a huge diamond producer. I didn't know that, Uh, but I feel like I, and they have palm trees and diamonds. So I'm kind of on my way to Ghana. I feel like we're really big in Africa. We have so many African countries that are part of our, our beadhead nation. And I love it. I wish I knew how to say welcome. We're very big in Africa. They love us there. Um, so that was one thing that I wanted to cover. And Dion, as of like a couple of days ago, we have more than 12,000 downloads now. I mean, I just, I have to take a second and just be really grateful for that because, you know, we only, we only publish two episodes a month and it's only been a little over a year, like a year and a half, I guess at this point. And I feel like that's pretty awesome. No, it, it is. And that, that kind of leads, I don't know, this just made me think of something. I was I was chatting with a friend of ours, Will, actually, who we had on the last podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I had reached out to him because he also, as, as we all know, he has a podcast on the East Coast or Midwest East Coast. And one day I was feeling a little bit glum, um, mainly about the state of the world and just kind of so many, I don't know, there's so much trauma happening in the world and it just, it hurts me. It hurts my soul. And I, I just needed to hear some friendly voices. So I actually turned on the 1980s now podcast because I was like, I just need to hear some friendly voices and I need to kind of get out of my head. And I reached out to them later on and I said, you know what guys, it just, I just need you to know that it helped me so much to hear your voices. And he will wrote back to me and he said, and we had this whole conversation because basically he was like, I feel bad because I feel like, you know, is what we're doing frivolous? Like, yes, there's so much going on in the world. And should we be doing these podcasts? And I said, well, I think that too, but here's what I believe. I believe that we're all connected in this world. Right. And like, yes, there's so much bad happening. There's so many horrible things going on. Um, but if we can provide some levity and some, kind of like distraction, I, I feel like maybe that's what we're here for because bad things are always going to happen, but we have to keep 
soldiering on and keep trying to just like promote the good in the world and hope that we reach someone in a positive way because I know that they certainly did for me. So you know, that's well, and, and to follow up on that sentiment, which I do completely agree with, I also think it, it bears saying that while all this crazy shit is happening in the world right now, mm-hmm. life does go on. And it has to, it has and to. And so even though it may feel banal in a sense to say, oh, I guess I'm still going on dates or I'm still like whatever dating feels kind of frivolous to your point in this, in this world of sort of chaos that we're in. But at the same time, it's a part of life for so many of us. And you can't, you can't put everything on hold because of these global events, right? You can't because, because you can't live in that chaos all the time. You have to also live your life. And so, and that's, that's what I said to him. I said, where I've come to it is this, I have to stay in a positive mind, like state of mind so that I can continue to exude positivity to the people around me. And if I go down this road of, oh my God, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, which I sometimes do, I won't be any good for anybody. So I have to keep myself positive so that I can keep those around me positive. So yeah, exactly. Anyway, so it just, it just reminded me like when you were talking about the different countries and I was like, I think we do have listeners in Ukraine. Do we not? I believe we do. do. Actually we do. And 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 I just want to get, yeah, that's next on my list was I wanted to just give a little love to our beat heads in Ukraine. We are thinking of you and we are with you in spirit. hundred percent. Yeah. So, and the, the last thing, the last thing I would say, you know, we always do this sort of, or I always do, I can't blame you for it, but I always do this (laughs) sort of plug for, Hey, if you like what you're listening to, will you please share, subscribe, all those things. If you all could take a moment, if you enjoy our podcast, even a little bit, um, and review our podcast again, anything that you do like that helps elevate us sort of in the rankings in a way that makes us more visible. And Deanna and I have some goals about growing this podcast and you guys can help us by, by doing all those things. So for sure, my little, you know, twice monthly plea for um, (laughs) subscribes and likes and reviews would, would be, would go a long way. Great. Um, so, so, so what's going on today, Jackie? What are we talking about? Should we introduce our fun, fun guest? Well, you brought this wonderful, fun guest to us. So I'm going to let you introduce the topic and our wonderful guest. Okay. So I'm super excited to have our friend Chad here on the podcast. And I say our friend because he's my friend, but I know by the end of the podcast, he will also be Jackie's friend. Um, you know how and I know you've experienced this, Jackie, you know how sometimes you meet someone and you feel like you've known them forever and you just have this like instant connection and you just feel like, oh yeah, this is going to be one of my people. Like I met Chad. He actually came into the wine bar where I work. I just started managing the wine bar and he basically was like, Hey, do you need help? And I said, uh, yeah. And he was like, great. And that was that. And now he works with me and I get so excited when I see he's on the schedule. I love working with him. I love hanging out with him. He's just a good dude. And also, he's a cancer. Woo, woo. We do Shout love out our to cancers. The cancers. So he and I have had many conversations about relationships and love. And he's been there for me in, in myriad ways. Um, so I'm just super excited to have Chad on the show. And I'm going to turn it over to him and let him talk a little bit about himself. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm very happy and excited to be here with you, beautiful ladies. Um, yeah, I, it was such a, I don't know, like a serendipitous moment. I was actually <laughs> on a date um, when I went into the wine bar and Aww. saw Dion. And I was like, how effervescent is this chick? And <laughs> and then just realized that like, oh, I used to love working with wine. And I just recently stopped doing that. And my day job, you know, has me, you know, in my apartment all the time. So I'm not really able to, you know, socialize, get out, network, see. uh, And and that's what I missed about working in the industry and working with wine prior. So I was like, hey, do you 
do you need help? She's like, yeah. So she gave me her card <laughs> and then the rest is history from there. So yeah. um, I have, I have some here. questions for you, Chad, because I like okay. to do this, especially to new guests that I don't know, although I have done this to guests that I did know. Um, so let me ask you first, um, what is your current status? Like, are you in a relationship? Are you single? I'm definitely single. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. then the follow-up question to that is, are you like single and just embracing that? Or are you like single and ready to mingle? I think if there's mm -hmm. a, it's a yes and, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's definitely a yes and I'm going to improv that for a little bit there. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm also, I'm very happy where I'm at and, and who I am and where I'm at in my space. But, you know, if something comes along, I'll enter, I'll entertain it. Right on. For sure. Right on. Okay. Um, and so other than, and the beat goes on dating after divorce, what is your favorite podcast? What are you listening to right now? Oh, wow. Um, oh my gosh. That is yeah, a great spot, huh? question. I know you totally <laughs> put me on the spot. There. Well, it's kind of like my little trial by fire thing, and and you don't have to have a great answer. It's okay. I just or you can to... think about it and maybe come up with it later on. I mean, uh, I love my favorite murder. Like I, <gasps> I definitely am a you know a, a classic <laughs> my favorite it. murder kind of person. <laughs> well, can I tell you? So I'm going to give you this little <laughs> this little backstory on why we're all here right now. I have, I'm sorry, ladies, I have not actually listened to my favorite murder, but I got oh. their book. I bought this book because it caught my eye, Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. <laughs> and it is written by the two co-hosts <laughs> of My Favorite Murder. And it is the most just, it's a beautiful book. It's very charming. And it's these little essays that that culminate in a sort of dual autobiography have you read it, Chad? I have not read it. No. Okay. I highly recommend it. Anyway, I was listening to theirs and it, and it or reading their story and it it's their backstory and how their mutual love of true crime stories brought them together and created caused them to create this podcast. And that book, Dion, is what made me come to you one day and say hey, we have these mutual experiences. We joke about our stories all the time. We should do a podcast. And really? you said yes. And it's all because of those two ladies who oh host my, my favorite murder. And it all just came full circle. Full fucking circle, baby. <laughs> I'm That's in a cussy so mood today. Sorry, B-Deads. Oh, please. Thing. Well, then join me in my cussiness. <laughs> I'm in a cussy circle right now. I'm dropping the F-bomb on the regular. In case y'all can't tell, I am um, turning on my do not disturb because I just realized it wasn't on and I didn't want to get a text message in the middle of this. Oh, my God. In the middle of okay. this recording. Okay. So now I okay. think you're safe. So now that we know Chad a little bit better, um, let me talk about kind of the topic today. So we, and this is a topic that it's funny, Jackie suggested this, but it's really close to my heart, especially right now. Um, we want to talk about why is, does it seem so difficult for some people to find love when others just seem to fall right into it so easily? You know, and, and the reason I suggested <laughs> this is because I do think that I'm one of the people that sometimes struggles with finding a good relationship. And I've always wondered, well, why is that? I've You're done here. Research, so now I have some answers, which we can get into later. Um, oh, and then I know tell. other people who are like, oh, look, I just ended a relationship. And oh, look, I'm in another one. And oh, I'm going to marry this guy. <laughs> and like, and I'm like, how the fuck? No, so, seriously. Like, like seriously. I, what? I, working at the wine bar, <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, what the actual fuck? Like these people come in and they're just like, oh yeah, we've been together for like 15 years and we're so super happy. And it was just like, <laughs> we fell into this. And I'm like, really? You just fall into that good relationship, do ya? How does that happen? So yeah. Chad, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, 
Um, and since we're here, and this is a dating and relationship podcast, so I feel like you kind of knew <laughs> what? what you were getting into. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's talk All right. About I, got, I gotta go. I can't your be romantic anymore. history. So obviously you're single now because I asked you that earlier, but, yeah. um, you know, relationship wise, how has that gone for you? You know, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I'm in my 30s now, but in my 20s, you know, I think it was a it was hard to find relationships that that meant anything that also just, this just mattered because where I lived and what I um and where I was, but sometimes you did, and sometimes you found someone or something, and and it was lovely and it was great, but I don't know, maybe it's just me, but. I'm picky. Um, and <laughs> I, I also know what I want and what I like. And in that grand scheme of things, the, um, it just, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to find sometimes the right person, if that makes any sense. Can, um, can I ask it makes you perfect sense. About, like, well, I want to ask you when you say you're picky, tell me more about that. I don't know. I just, I have certain things. So when I say I'm picky, like obviously, you know, let's let's not do any hardcore drugs, especially on our date or anything crazy like that. Or you know, like I mean, that's <laughs> that's not too picky oh, in this yeah. in this grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't. Know, I just I just know what I'm looking for, and I'm not talking about picky like physicality or. But uh, you know, I want someone who's smart. I want someone who's funny. I want someone who um, can make me laugh can take care of themselves, but at the same time, I can take care of them when it, when needs to be, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I want someone that can keep up with me. I also want someone who is working on themselves. I want someone who's aware of who they are and aware of their own shit, because <laughs> I think that to me is, is like love. Like when you, you know, the whole RuPaul's Drag Race vibe, when it says, you know, <laughs> Uh, if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? Can right. I get an amen? Right. But, amen. Well, the whole point of like loving yourself in this category to me is being aware of, of the shit that you, you are and that you bring to the table and working on that shit, loving that shit so that then mm-hmm. you can love the other person. Does that make sense? I we feel were just like you're describing about exactly how I have felt about people. Like, right. To me, that someone that can make you laugh is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And then someone who is working on themselves, someone who can keep up. Like you're describing the same things that I have described over the last 10 years that I've been single in terms of what I'm looking for. So it makes complete sense to me. No. And you and I, Jackie, before Chad got on, we were literally having this conversation about how we're always looking at our shadow side, if you will. And saying, okay, you know, I, I see my limitations. I see what I need to work on. And we're always working on it. And it's not always easy. But we want someone else who's willing to do the same thing. Because you can't be in this alone. You can't always, it can't always be on you. It can't always be your fault. There's got to be someone else who's like, okay, this is my shit. I'm going to take this on. Right. So like, yeah, so I totally, I mean, 100% resonate with what you're saying. And so I ask you. Why is that so difficult to find? So I did a little bit of reading on this topic. So I had a couple of really interesting articles that I read. Um, One of them, I found this kind of funny because it was in the um, (laughs) brides.com publication. But it said five reasons why you can't find love, according to experts. And it's written by a woman named Stacey Laura Lloyd. Um, And one of the things that I thought was really fascinating, a quote, she quoted a a clinical psychologist whose name is Roxy Zarabi. And this Roxy um, specializes in relationships. And I just, this resonated with me, especially given some of the things that I'm going through in my personal life right now. Um, The first step in changing any dating pattern is getting to the root from which the issue stems, right? So I feel like if you're dating unsuccessfully, at least in my case, there's been a pattern to that of the types of men that I find. 
<laughs> well, I'm like, I well, I you. guess I should figure out the root that this is all stemming from. So I don't know. Does that does that strike a chord with either of you? Do you yeah, Chad and I were just having this conversation the other day about it. So it's because I have conversations with you, Jackie, and I have conversations with Chad. And your conversations are mirroring one another. So I think we're all on the same page with that. Maybe we should just have all our conversations together and save time. I think so. 100%. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit, I, you know, I'm going to tell you what the five things that she mentioned were. Um, and I know some of them really resonated with me. A couple of them, not so much. Um, and I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on each of these. Cool. So the first one is you're picking unavailable people. Now, this one for me is huge. How many times have I talked, Dion, about <laughs> men who are married or hung up on their exes or whatever, well, right? I think even our beat heads are aware of that, okay? Right? So We've done a couple episodes that. I am picking people from this first category of, of unavailable. And I thought it was really fascinating because she said, make a list of these red flag behaviors from part previous partners that indicated they were unavailable and then kind of start using that as a checklist, if you will, or, or at least using it as a, a touchstone in a way when you're getting to know someone new. And so I did that. I wrote down some of the characteristics um, of past partners of mine that would be maybe red flags of someone who is emotionally unavailable. Dad, <laughs> come in. That was a quite, the, quite the experience. Have you guys, what's your experience with unavailable people? That was my 20s. Oh. That was your 20s. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to unavailability. No room here. It was just my twenties. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, the great thing about you, Chad, is you've got so much more time to figure this shit out. Like you're like, that's in my twenties and I'm in my thirties. And we're like, huh, we're in our forties and we still haven't figured this out. What dude, this girl is fuck? about to turn 50, right? Like, and FYI, that party, <laughs> we should record at least a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, I I think, um, you know, dating, of course, and, and, and trying to find someone who is maybe available for you emotionally, available for you, whatever, whatever your availability, I think the type of availability would stem down to the trauma that you maybe have had or the root that is connected to your quote unquote baggage, right? Um, mine was emotionally unavailable men. They can be there physically but they sure as hell can't connect with me emotionally. And as oh, a cancer yeah, I sign. I have no experience with that. <laughs> as a cancer sign, emotional, like, you know, uh, connection is my like, number one 100%. look and vibe, right? Like, 100%. I want you to be there well, quality time. I want you to have some physical touch, but I also want you to ugh. freaking emotionally show up. Fuck. So, so here's my question then. We are all cancer signs. And I know not all of our beadheads are as into astrology as we all might be, but there's something to our sign. We are very emotionally based. We are very intuitive. We are very in touch with our emotional side and with our, um, like we can perceive other people's stuff. We're, so do you think that we expect more from our partners than other people? And, and are we being realistic? So I think this is interesting because we know that cancers are very nurturing, giving individuals. Mm -hmm. Correct, right? So mm -hmm. I read this in uh, Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart, where it says, love isn't something you give or get. It's something you nurture and grow. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting that we as cancers always try to give love and get it, but we're probably not really nurturing or maybe even trying to allow something to grow within that. Hmm. Even though we're so nurturing and growth oriented, I would say, 
Would you? We just want. We just want to naturally like. I have love. I give it to you. Now you give me yours. Sure. And, exactly. And but how is that different from nurturing? Do that. I'm. I'm. So help me out. Like. So how is nurturing love different than giving love? Like, what is the distinction there? Well, I think the idea, like, if you give love, it's like here, like, um, or how do you receive it too? So maybe physical touch and quality time, right? Dion, it's like your form mm -hmm. of giving love and getting love. So you're mm -hmm. going to want to spend time and hang out and hug, kiss, whatever it might be. And that might be yeah. mine as well, but that it's not necessarily nurturing because being nurturing love is having healthy boundaries. It's also being vulnerable and I could be there and hang out with you and I can massage you. I can hang out, you know, we can kiss, we can out, but Yes, I might, please. I might not be nurturing the relationship because I'm not having any form of boundaries and or, um, you know, that things that okay. we might need to be vulnerable and open up. So, more. so we're using this sort of plant analogy, at least the article that I was talking about when we talk about roots and stems and all of that and nurturing. So if we put all that together, I think about this and maybe it's my my maternal heart because I'm a mom, but nurturing to me feels like, yes, you're giving love, but you're not overwhelming it. So when you think about a relationship as maybe a seedling, you know, and, and you don't want to overwhelm it with too much, too much water, too much of anything. Nurturing maybe to me, at least to me, nurturing feels like giving an appropriate amount and as it grows, giving more and more and more, but not overwhelming it in the beginning, not flooding it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. I, literally one of my exes, who was the only person I've ever loved, looked at me and said, you're great. If you did anything wrong, you gave too much. And at, how do we stop? How do we stop giving when that's who we are? Exactly. I was supposed to say for a cancer sign, imagine <laughs> that. That's like someone shooting an arrow through your heart, like literally, yeah. and not in a good Cupid way. Um, you know, uh, it's like, <laughs> but like whoa. in a Robin Hood kind of vicious Kat way. Katniss Everdeen, Robin Hood. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Um, so don't like be me. Got right. It. I was just going to say that's basically saying don't be who you are. Like, because I've had that leveled at me many times. It's like, you just, you know, you give so much, but you expect so much. Well, I do. I do expect a lot. I expect, like, I expect as much as I give and I give 110%. So how do I stop that? So let's, let's put it in this perspective, because I just had this, this sort of epiphany. Not every plant is the same, right? So mm -hmm. you could flood one plant, whereas another plant is sturdier and can take that, that level of giving, right? So you have to choose yeah. the right plant. So you have to have, you have to have a seedling that, that matches your, that, that can withstand your level of giving. And, and I don't mean that to sound like a bad thing because I'm a freaking cancer too, but, but just I think we have to choose partners in life, whether we're cancers or whether we're someone else who's, who's giving and receiving of love matches our, our need and our ability to also give and receive. Mm -hmm. And I so I don't think that it's hopeless. I think you just have to choose the right plant. It's just difficult when you don't always, I'm trying to use the plant analogy and this might break down, but it's like <laughs> you go to the nursery and you see the plant and you do your general research and you look at the little tab that's stuck in the plant and you see how much water it needs and you see how much sunlight it needs and you're like, okay, all right, this is perfect. And then you take it home and somehow in your home environment, it just isn't getting what it needs. And you don't always know. And it takes a while to find out. So let me be clear. Not only am I single, I also don't have a single living plant in my home. So oh. the plant analogy might be bad coming from me. No, I love that. I love the analogy. Plant. I'm just trying to like basically say it takes a while. You invest, at least I do, and I'm fairly certain the two of you do. Like we invest a lot of ourselves in relationships fairly early on. 
Like we're, we're somewhat cautious, but then when we go, we just go all in. Okay. And it might take us a little while, but we're there. We're giving, we're giving. So where's the balance there? Like, how do we not give too much to the plant slash person who isn't going to be able to receive it? I think that's where you involve an expert, maybe like a, Mm -hmm. a gardener and or therapist to help you (laughs) understand those boundaries for your particular plant. Right. Right. I think that is boundaries. Yeah. I think you're right in that sense. So my, I, I've always been a little, well, not always, but in my later life, because of the many times I've been burned, I feel like it takes me a long time to really invest myself. Um, and then I do. And when I, when I do, I really do. Um, but it takes a while because, you know, so it's always hard for me to be like, okay, where's the line? Like, where do I finally just let myself go all in? (laughs) Well, so what's interesting about that is the second one in the brides.com list is, um, the second, the second reason why you might be having a hard time finding love is that you're afraid of getting, getting hurt. And so two notes that I made about this, this particular section, I want to point out the first one is that you kind of have to allow yourself to be vulnerable again, which can be scary after you've gotten hurt. But here's Mm -hmm. a quote by uh, that. So this article quoted another um, doctor. It's Dr. Jeffrey Bernstein, who's a PhD. And Dion, I want you to hear this. I think this will help you. Thank you. Keep in mind, there is no such thing as false hope when going forward. There is no such thing as false hope when going forward. For me, that hit me like right in all the feels. And Mm -hmm. I think when any of us are looking at opening ourselves up to being vulnerable again and to what you were just saying, Dion, about how do I, how do I allow myself to do that? I think we have to all hold on to hope. And there is no such thing as false hope. So um, sit with that. Let me know what you think. Hmm. Maybe you have a reaction. Maybe you don't. Yeah. It's weird lately. I've been wanting to have like, like the word hope just seems so like futuristic. And I know that in the future, only anxiety sometimes can, can live when it comes to emotions. Hmm. Um, Hmm. And not saying that I'm not hopeful or I don't hope, but instead of saying hope, I say confident because I wanted to have like a little bit more of a, a knowing. Um, mm, a like a belief. More of, it's a little like more a, solid. Belief. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's like you're manifesting, you're manifesting what you want in the future. Instead of saying it's like hope almost seems ethereal, like vague, but yeah. confidence is like, this is going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident that I can find it. And you know what? The funny thing is maybe I'm confident I can find love and maybe that true love is, is just figuring my own shit out and loving me 100%. Or maybe mm-hmm. I can find that person that is, that can, can live with me, be with me and then, and love me at the same time. Right. Um, cause it, cause it's not about being 50, 50. It's not about sharing. It's about, um, eventually just allowing another person to, to live in my love space. And, you know, and I think that's, I don't know where I'm at in my life thinking about it. Well, I think that's, that's beautiful. And it's, it's, I think the, the, the thing that bridges hope and confidence is belief, right? Like you have to believe that you can get from hope to reality, right? Mm -hmm. And so belief is what gets you there. So those are things that, you know, I know I have to work on, um, but I just, I find hope to be the most, so look, I'm Pollyanna. Now, Chad, you're too young to know who Pollyanna is, but, <laughs> Not but so much. Pollyanna is, I joke about myself as Pollyanna all the time. It's a movie from the sixties that Haley Mills played this character of Pollyanna, who was 
overly optimistic all the time. Mm-hmm. And she played this thing called the glad game and, and people kind of oh, made fun of her for always being optimistic. And I get made fun of all the time for being optimistic instead of, and, and I don't think that I'm not realistic, but I choose to live in hope. Right. And I, mm-hmm. and I do that with my love life. I choose to live in hope that there is something better. And I think the next step is to believe that so that you can be confident that it's happening. Yeah. Maybe that's what people who have better luck in relationships than us and don't have to have podcasts. Maybe that's what they have. (laughs) Okay. I, this, I, I found this amazing article and I actually love it because it reminds me of all of us. Um, and a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, can relate. It is, I'm just going to just give a free few brief points, but I feel like if you guys have a chance to look at this article, it's on bold, bold with an E, B-O-L-D-E dot com. Um, and it's called, the article literally is titled, The More Amazing You Are, The Harder It Is to Find Love. <laughs> Oh, I saw this one when I was researching, but I didn't oh, read it. But I didn't like, read legit, it. legit, every single thing I was like, okay. Because oftentimes what happens, I think, to people like us, we're like, what's wrong with us? Like, we go into the space of like, what's wrong with me? Why can't, like, why is it so easy for everybody else? And I can't. And so we kind of turn it into a negative. This article is all positive. Um, but like, just a few of the things that it says, you know, basically like the whole gist of it is like you'd think that when you're awesome it'd be easy to find someone great but actually no it's kind of sometimes the opposite I'm like okay um but like for instance it says in this I don't know tell me what you guys think like for instance you're often seen as being out of someone's league and so it basically talks about like when you're a catch when you kind of like at least appear like you have your shit together people might be like oh yeah no I'm not even gonna try for that um not and it's I don't think that's egotistical. I think it's more just like, okay, you know, we maybe we do feel like or seem like we've got it all together. And then this places. one what? Just in different places, right? Like people can see right. that too. Yeah. But I, I feel like even though no 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 all even though all of us are just like, okay, we're unlucky in love, maybe other people look at us and be like, dude, like they've got this, this, and this and this, and they're out of my league. I don't know just a thought. Um, but here's one that really resonates. You're a lot to handle in a good way. <laughs> so I want to go back to what you, what you said just before that one, because yeah. the when, awesomeness. well, I find it interesting. So I haven't done online dating in a little while, but when I did, and, and some of the different articles that I read on while I was researching this conversation, talked about this, but I would automatically assume some people were out of my league based on their profiles and based on you how they looked. Yeah. Oh yeah. And oh. I think that speaks to a, you know, my level of confidence in myself, but, um, also, and, and so your article, I want to continue with the conversation that yeah. we're having about that. But it's interesting because it's kind of tying into the third point in the one that I read about, which is you don't think you deserve it and how important confidence and self-esteem are. Um, And if you struggle with feelings of unworthiness, be aware of that and practice doing some affirmation. So you're looking at it from the opposite side. So if you're focusing on it from a positive, well, it's two sides of the same coin, right? So what, what I have been working on, especially since reading that article, is looking at myself in a more positive way. And I love what your, your article says. So I just kind of wanted to interject that because it's funny that it's that they kind of went hand in hand, right? For sure. So, so what mine is is saying is basically like you're being seen as kind of out of someone's league, but you're saying that you have felt that about the people. So you're not trying for other, but but, okay. Dion, you and I have talked about this in the past. You some you have described yourself to me, mm-hmm. um, and I think Uh-oh. on our podcast. And if I'm wrong, correct me, and we'll edit it right out. But <laughs> but 
you have shared with me that you sometimes feel like you're too much. Oh, for sure. And I have the opposite feeling where I sometimes feel like I am not enough, right? So mm. when you look at that particular, you don't think you deserve it. Right. You can look at that topic from either side of that coin and come up with a reason why, come up with, I feel like I can connect to that one. Maybe not as much as you connecting to the one that you were just talking about, but I do feel like they go hand in hand. That's funny. So again, like opposite sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Like I do feel like I'm too much for a lot of men to handle. You feel like you're not enough. Right. Wow. How about you, Chad? Where are you? I think I would, um, I would, be more on the Dion side where I think sometimes I'm just a little too much for people. Uh, I mean, literally someone said you give too much. Um, so, you know, like I do think there's another funny thing you kind of mentioned too, that like, uh, you know, when we are maybe broken up with or something doesn't work out properly or right, we either go and blame ourselves or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we blame other people. Like there's, there's again, there's that double-sided coin where you either feel like, well, <laughs> them or it was all me you know what i mean (laughs) as opposed to just we weren't right for each other we always want to ascribe blame we always want to either be like oh it's my fault or i was too much which is where i always go or in jackie's case i wasn't enough or we go to like well they just couldn't handle me right and maybe it's neither maybe it's just definitely a balance probably good match yeah that's a really good point that's such a good point Cause I go for like, well, hey, me, let me look at that guy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you. just having known you for as long as I have now, Chad, I feel like it can't possibly be you. Right? I mean, Aww. come on, jeez. I appreciate that. <laughs> so number four on the list of these five things was that you're settling. I didn't really feel like that needed any further clarification because I think right. we're all pretty clear on what settling is. Well, that's funny because this article also talks about you are not going to settle. Same thing. So same thing. You're not going to settle for mediocre. So like, yeah, exactly. Two sides of the same coin. My article mm-hmm. is like why you're not having yeah. love and, and yours is like, well, if you're awesome, but you're not going to settle. So mm-hmm. if you are settling or you refuse to settle, I guess we're fucked because if you won't settle, you can't find love. But if you do settle, <laughs> you can't find love. God damn no. it. What do we do? Yeah, so you don't settle. That balance? You, you find somebody who is your equal, but how the fuck do you do that? If anyone has well, the answer, like that is not, that's not rhetorical. If anyone has the answer. <laughs> I, literally I know when know. you when you look at like the title of what today's called uh, to me I was just like god people settle like left and right probably that's probably the reason why like why can't we find it versus somebody else because I just refuse to settle but yeah. maybe sometimes people people want to settle and then maybe well, am I am I not settling is an issue right is that maybe something that I need to be more aware of is my not settling a form of um not like resistance right against relationships you know i mean like we we can always think a little bit more into that too so i literally just watched a comedy show last night that appeared on netflix and it was taylor tomlinson's most recent one and she's freaking hilarious but she does talk about how like she's in her late 20s now and how a lot of her friends are starting to get married and she's like you know they're settling and (laughs) And she said it in a very funny way. She's like, they're settling down or, you know, just settling. And, and I do think people do that. Um, yeah, but again, what's settling? I mean, it, does that just mean we can't, okay. There are no perfect people, right? There's nobody perfect. There's no person. I can write a list, which trust me, I've done of like, this is what I want in the perfect person. I'm never going to get that. There has to be some compromising. So where, like, does that mean I'm settling because I'm not going to get every single thing on my list? And by the way, I'm not perfect either. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is, what does that mean to you guys? So I think settling refers to, uh, there are core things 
right? Mm-hmm. That matter. So okay. Kat, earlier you described what, what your ideal partner would be like, right? Someone sure. who makes you laugh, someone who's working on themselves and, and all those other things that you described. I could say the same things. Dion, you and I talk a lot about, I've mentioned a few times on this podcast, how I'd love to find a partner who plays golf because I like to golf and someone who drinks wine because I like to drink wine. Those are things I could compromise on and not feel like I was settling. But if we're talking about someone who has a lot of things but doesn't make me laugh, if I gave up on that, that to me would be settling. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 100%. Okay. That makes so much sense. So it's like a hierarchy. Absolutely. Like there, there are things that are non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. And if you negotiate those, then that's settling. But there are things right. that are niceties that are, are not necessary. Like, that'd be okay. nice to have. But if I compromise but it's not a on deal that, breaker. it's just a compromise. Okay. It's not settling. Okay. That, that the makes last more thing, sense. The last thing on the list is you're not putting yourself out there. And the reason I want, one of the things I wanted to say on this is there are people in my life who are frustrated with being single, not having had the families that they wanted yet and that kind of thing. And yet they refuse to make an effort to find someone. Hmm. And that's, that's a hard thing, right? Because I get it. I don't like online dating anymore. I've done it. It it hasn't worked out for me. Will I do it again? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I do think if you're not putting yourself out there in some way, you're just, you, how can you even hope to find someone? Yeah. I think it goes back to the idea, Jackie, that you mentioned about belief when we were talking about like hope within confidence. Like Mm -hmm. I can believe that a chair can hold me up, but it's not until I sit into that chair that when I have faith that it's going to hold me up, right? Or Mm -hmm. faith, I used to always say it's spelled Mm R-I-S-K. So by putting yourself out there, you're risking something, which is, of course, heartbreak disappointment but i think heartbreak is the most bravest thing that you can do heartbreak is the most honest and bravest thing that we we can do because we're daring we're believing we're having faith to love to try to connect um and to be open so dion earlier you and i were talking about an artist a a musical artist who Mm -hmm. wrote a song that i shared with you she Mm -hmm. has another song called Here I Go Again. I have a challenge. So the artist is a woman named Amy Wadge, W-A-D-G-E. And she has this song called Here I Go Again. And and it's all about exactly what you just said. Chad. I feel like I could write that song. Like, without even having heard it, I could just fucking write that song. It's just about, <laughs> you know, and some of the lyrics in it. I, I I've become such a fan of this this artist lately, but... Some of the lyrics in it are like, um, every time a heart can never get old enough that it won't break or it won't bruise. I don't want to hear that. Um, I want to hear like at some point my heart won't break. But, (laughs) but here I go again. And every time this happens, here I go again. And I think, Chad, that speaks really poignantly to what you just said, which is it's always a risk and we're always putting ourselves out there and fuck, here I go again. But it all comes back to hope, belief, faith, confidence, and risk. They all yeah. are like, like that's a freaking hand. Like that's the fist. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's working on it. Like doing the work, right? Going out there and working and risking, but learning something about each engagement, learning something about each connection and bringing that back to you. That's, I think, where that that love space can really grow so that you can hopefully find something about yourself and trusting that inner, the inner you, trusting that guidance, not wanting to settle also could be like not wanting to give up something that I, that I firmly believe in that my partner should have, 
I don't want to wake up to somebody in the morning and be like, well, that was an experiment or, uh, <laughs> you know, that was fun. Um, but then keep or, having to wake up next to them. I don't know. Just Or to bring someone. So I think about this. I have this wonderful, I've talked about this before on the podcast. I am, my life is rich in terms of amazing humans in my life. I have a great network of friends. And I was talking to a friend of mine recently about a a recent breakup. And I was like, it's so hard, not only to put yourself out there and to, to meet someone new, but then to introduce that person to your circle of friends who are looking at it, at him with maybe a different, through a different lens than Mm -hmm. I might be looking at that person through. And it's talk about risk, introducing someone you think you like, you think you love, you think you care about (laughs) into a network of people, you know, you love and who, you know, love you and, and hope that they don't have anything negative to say, because that would hurt your heart. Right. That's a scary thing. Hmm. It definitely can be. I mean, if you're being authentically you, though, and they don't like you, that's yeah. nothing to do with you. That has everything I agree. To do with them. I, I just, I don't, I guess I just don't worry too much about that. I'm like, if I love this person and they're who they are, like, I, if someone says something bad about it, I'm like, well, you don't know them like I do. Cause I've had that happen before. Like, I, my, my first husband, he was someone who didn't open up very easily. And I saw a different side of him than anyone else saw. And I had people be like, I don't get it. Why are you with him? Why are you with him? And I'm like, I don't really care if you get it or not. Like, I love him and you need to accept that. Like, you know, I, I don't know. That, that I guess, isn't really a concern as much for me. Well, so, so let's talk for a second, because I appreciate that, Dion, that you don't, you don't need that validation. I, that's Again, my perspective is different from yours because you have, you have a different approach to relationships um, because I'm not, no. Okay. Let me, let me backtrack. I'm not saying that I would, okay. There I'm very private. I don't share a lot of what's going on. Although here I am with this podcast, but (laughs) we're very private people. (laughs) Talk to people every couple of weeks about our darkest thoughts. When there's something really going on with me that I, that's like negative or that I have a hard time dealing with, I, I don't share with very many people in my circle. Like I'm very choosy about who I share things with because I'm not seeking out a lot of people's advice. I trust myself. I trust my own instincts. However, having said that, if I was with a partner that someone that I truly trusted came to me and was like, hey, I'm concerned about this. I don't like the way he talks to you. I don't like how he's treating you. I would listen to that. So I don't mean to say I don't care about anyone else's opinions. Um, I'm just saying like in general, if I love someone and they're not coming across in a certain way, I'm not too concerned about what my circle thinks. Does that make sense? It does. I do think also that when you go back to the difference between you and me, where my issue is that I feel like I'm not enough. I have a lot of insecurity, which is the root of that, right? Mm, So I do depend a lot on what the people I know love me and have my back think. Mm. And so if I bring someone into that circle who is not meeting their standard of who I should be with, um, I get defensive about that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. Because, because I feel like, oh my, it, it is such a scary thing to introduce someone that you care about to your group and hope not only, okay, this person now that I'm dating doesn't seem to be judging me about who I am. Now I have to fucking introduce them to my group and God, I hope they don't judge him and by extension me for choosing him. Huh? Interesting. Like, I, judgment yeah. is a big issue in my life. I need some therapy around this. But, <laughs> but honestly, I'll like therapy. some Catholic guilt or something. Oh my yeah, God. Yes, yeah. I'm Catholic. 
That's so funny. Okay. That's what that is. Cause I was like, I cannot relate to that. I'm just like trying to relate. I'm like, I yeah, I, that, that sounds like some, like a, a deep seated form of religious guilt that a lot mm. of no offense to my Catholics out there have, mm. you know, it's yeah. Chad, I mean, I everything like- you were saying, I was like, I have the funniest story for you just really quick because it's a side note, but because you brought that up. So my grand, my, my grandfather, who was my favorite human in the world, favorite, I'd like, I wish every single person in this world, all of you listening could have known my grandpa. He was the best human that ever lived. And he was my favorite person. He was also the most devoutly Catholic human I, I know. And I didn't grow up hugely religious, but when I did go to church, it was a Catholic church because that's how my mom was raised. And that's the religion that I associate with. Mm-hmm. After my grandpa died, I got divorced and I had massive grandpa guilt about that <gasps> because I thought, what would grandpa, th- this, this person I cherish more than any other human in the world, like to this day, more than any other human in the world. What would he, how disappointed would he be in me? And one day, and this this is funny because we're going to have a a guest soon who's a a psychic medium, but I was having a massage by a good friend of mine who is also a psychic and a medium. And she was, she said, I had, I had met her one time previous and we had not talked about my life. I was just getting a massage and she's like, um, your grandpa is here. And I don't, I, I, I hope you're comfortable with this. And, and she gave me this, all he wants is for you to be happy moment. And this whole, like, I bawled on her table <laughs> for like 20 minutes because I had had, and she's like, your spirit guides are in my ear and they're telling me just this word judgment. And that has always been my trigger. I hate the idea of being judged. I hate the idea of judgment in general. And it's so intrinsic in me, as you pointed out, Chad, and to have this woman pick up on that as she's massaging me and then to have my, like, it was insane. So that's my little squirrel moment for right now. We can talk (laughs) about that in a, in a future episode, but yes, you're right. Catholic guilt, judgment, all of that is tied together in who I am. It's the fabric of who I am. Right. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, I grew up pretty religious. Um, but, and sure, I had guilt and I had shame, which are two of the things that can crush love, I think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and then when you get into that, which is so funny, right? You Shame and guilt are the two things that they, they preach at you. But love mm-hmm. is also the one thing that they say that you need to strive to be. LOL. Right. I don't quite understand that. And I just said LOL. <laughs> out, Dion, so you I totally did. She, she hates that, but I love it. So it's fine. I hate um, it. That's okay. I love that you say it. I do. I love it when okay, you say it. You better. But um, <laughs> so I don't know. I just, so in that space, like being someone who's a gay man um, and growing up with the idea of, of, of guilt and shame about that, I had to eventually say, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck everyone who, who can't get on with my, me being me and me being the authentic Chad, because yes. I don't know, I don't know how painful it is for you, Jackie, sometimes. And it might not be this dichotomy that you see so much, but for me, when I was trying to live two different lives, a straight person, a gay person, it felt worse than feeling shame and guilt. So like, I just had to, eventually say, you know what, this is me. Well, I will say, and again, I don't know what everybody here's belief system is. And I don't want to, I don't want to go into a whole big thing, but what I will tell you is the man who was the most, one of the most important people in my life, who was also one of the most Catholic people I've ever met when he came back to give a message to me that I desperately needed to hear in a moment where I was going through a divorce and feeling guilt and shame and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he had the benefit of being on the other side and knowing what, what we all can't possibly know till we get there was that all he wanted was for me to be happy. Yeah. That released me 
from the guilt and shame of going through a divorce. And that was such a gift. And, and, and I feel like that's what true love really is though. Like true love, because what you're saying, Chad, is like when you grew up in a conservative Christian, very Christian environment, which we all did, there's a lot of guilt and shame, but the overall message is like, should be love. And sure. your grandfather gave you that message, which is, mm -hmm. I love you and all I want is for you to be happy. And you know what? Not to get too deep into religion, but that's the God I believe in is the God yeah. of love who just wants our happiness. And unfortunately, religion doesn't always give us that message. But it's that's what your grandfather gave it's you. It's unconditional love is really what who I think you is are. the foundation of that. Yeah. Yeah. While we tend to love a lot, but we love conditionally mm. as humans. Yes. Yes. And I, so, yeah, I agree with you. It has no place in that guilt and shame has no place in that. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. So what, wow. what I want to take from this conversation, you know, at this point, and, and I don't know if you guys are ready yeah. to move yeah, into let's what do it. Let's do takeaways. Take away. Let's do takeaways. But, but what I want to take from this conversation, because the thing that I have struggled with is obviously I have had a hard time finding that partner that's going to be here with me from now to the end of time, right? And maybe that's not my path and I don't know, but that's what I'm hoping for. So why not me when, when other people seem to have an easier time finding relationships and finding love and, and the things that I'm taking away from this conversation with that as the framework is belief that I'm worth it, belief that it's possible and it will happen and confidence that it will happen. And um, maybe letting go of some old patterns and examining old patterns in, in light of new potential relationships. So those are the, those are my takeaways. What about you guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Usually I have a really quick, easy takeaway. Um, I, I'm struggling a little bit right now with the confidence and faith and belief. Um, and, and, you know, this is just where I am right now. I remember when I was very young, when I was in my twenties, I remember calling my mom one day and saying, you know what, mom? I'm just never going to get married. And she was like, Oh no, don't say that. And that, but it, it was weird because when I said it, it wasn't, I wasn't even upset about it. I was just, I think I, I think I struggled then. And I struggle now with the belief that there would ever be anyone who would really want to be there with and for me forever. And so I did get married, obviously, you know, that didn't work out. And there's many reasons for that, but I still struggle with that. So I don't know, like I still struggle with this idea that I will ever really find a partner who will truly be my equal partner and who I will be able to, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in like forever. I don't know. So well, I don't know what my takeaway is. I'm just, let, let that is my takeaway. Let me have that. Let me just have that takeaway, which is, I don't know where I am right now with that. I would what? say my takeaway, um, I thought it was really interesting you bring in like these plant idea and they like, and obviously we're cancer signs, which means we're water signs, which means, yeah, we probably over water the shit out of some of our relationship plants if we can put that into terms. Um, and I like that idea because it is about boundaries. And what I love too is this fun quote I came across the other day was boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously so creating a boundary healthy boundary and we're not talking about walls and making you know making people like i don't want to talk to you kind of like healthy boundaries um you can then like water but also give and also nurture and maybe finding that balance that dichotomy in that space and also another one which i just love is you know unasked advice comes off as criticism and we can be so like defensive at times too in, in, in our space. Um, but so sh we should, we should be. And I think that's um, a place that we're in a 
like growing and loving and being mm -hmm. um uh and that's you know it's beautiful that you know where you are right now is is where you are and thank you yeah and i and i respect that because it's you know it's uh, it's hard it's hard out there <laughs> you know yes it is yes, yeah. It is. yeah all right well chad thank you thank you so much for being here with us today it has been an absolute joy to talk to you thank you all so much it was a pleasure i enjoyed every second <laughs> every single second oh. <laughs> i knew you would um and beat heads thank you all for being here and listening to us and we look forward to visiting with you guys in a couple of weeks yeah thanks loving guys. and living all right well we will catch you very soon on the next one and um until now or until then until now until then also no yeah all right bye, bye you guys <laughs> bye chad bye, bye. bye.